Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Spesh. Hello. What's new, Derek? Ah, same old, same old, man. Same Busy old, same week. Old. My parents are visiting. Oh, lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you taking them? Not too far. They're, Why? They're well. They're in their eighties. So they're not as mobile. But I've been. I took. I took them out for a walk, and Dad said I took them too far. <laughs> they're not mobile, or you're not mobile. They. Sure. <laughs> Positive. I think you're just getting old there. But it's fun having them up. I, you, I don't get to see them that often. They're in New Brunswick, so. That's good. Yeah, mm. my parents are in uh, Smith Falls, so uh, three hours away. Oh, that's good. Yeah. See, so. I'm a 12-hour drive to go visit my parents. Gives you an excuse to do something over a long weekend. <laughs> long weekend. 12 hours there, stay for a day, 12 hours back. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. So we have somebody in the uh, studio with us today. Yes, we do. We have John Van Berger. Berger? Berger. I said yep. it right. You got it. From The Outdoor Kind. How you doing, John? Doing great. Thanks Welcome, for having John. me. Thank you. Uh, the Outdoor Kind. <clears throat> I, I met you in uh, the Quiet, the Quiet Water Symposium. Mm-hmm. Um, I was told to come see you and check out what, what you're doing. Uh, you guys sell apparel and outdoor-related gear uh, with portion of the sales aiding first responders and you support educational outreach to prevent forest fires and other emergencies. Yeah. Okay, so how did the Outdoor Kind start? Run us through what exactly you guys do and, okay. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, it's it's um, basically what we're doing is we're selling outdoor-related um, gear or, or apparel and things like that. What we wanted to do was um, I got caught in a forest fire <laughs> up in the Yukon. It kind of let's let's step back a second. All right, got caught in a big forest fire up in the Yukon. Forty-seven thousand acres burned. Wow! Wow! Uh, there was a series of of three fires right around Carmax, and when we were up there, we were watching. You know, you see the the wildland firefighters fighting it on the ground. You've got the helicopters going overhead. Right. Search and rescues on the river. Um, uh, the Royal Canadian Mounted are shutting off um, the highways and emptying campgrounds. I mean, it was a big thing. You know, right. they were talking about evacuating the town. And uh, it was one of those things where we looked at that and we were so impressed by what they were doing. We said, we should try to figure out some way to help them. And it sort of, it took a while to kind of figure out what that was and, and started thinking about it. It's like, well, why don't we, you know, design some things that people might like and then we'll sell those and then we'll, we'll, uh, take the proceeds and, and help these people out and then go out and, and teach people how to, you know, just simple little things that they can do to avoid creating problems like that in the first place. Right. Now we do a lot of our canoe tripping and stuff like that. And that's one of the things that we're always conscious of. Like when you're leaving a, a campsite, you make sure your fire is totally out, you know, from some of yeah. the stuff we've learned over the years is if you're building a fire and it gets hot deep enough, it can actually start roots below yes. the surface and it travels right underground you know, exactly. underground and we've seen <clears throat> the outcomes of that right yeah yeah and you know and i think like people listening to the podcast you know it, it's it's too bad we can't get like immediate feedback because if you said how many people out there have come upon like go into a campsite and found a fire burning yeah yeah i've yeah. seen it a couple in there done that yeah. yeah and i think you would yeah. have a huge amount of people where they find that i mean um the last time we were up in the yukon we're out in the middle of nowhere we paddle all day so i mean it's you know it's not like you know you find somebody's fire an hour after they leave camp in the mm-hmm. morning or something right yeah. we paddle all day we get to the site way out in the middle of nowhere fire's burning hmm. wow and you know it's, it's those kind of things that you you kind of like well if we can maybe get you know it doesn't take you know 
much for something like that to create a real problem. So if we no, can get a few people here and there by what we're doing to think, okay, you know, just just to think about it a little bit. Well, I wonder how many people that are out there have actually been through an area that has had a fire. No, I know I've been on a canoe trip and we spent two days paddling through. I mean, we were long days and it was just nonstop burn yeah. from a, pre, a couple of years previous. That mm-hmm. was your Woodland and, Caribou Woodland trip? Caribou, yeah. They lost a lot up there. Yeah. And you're just going and going. You're thinking like, when's this going to end? You know, in your day, of course, is at the end of the day, you're covered in soot. Your mm-hmm. your canoes are covered. All your gear is covered, mm-hmm. you know, in this stuff because you're over it, climbing over, cl- walking through it, that sort of stuff. But if you've ever seen the devastation that it leaves behind, yeah. you know, that, that really... Now, and I've paddled with people that say, oh, you know what? Yeah, just pour some bucket of water on it, give it a quick stir, and you're good. Well, no, no, not really. Uh, you got to do a lot you more really than just a quick bucket. And, yeah. 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 Especially, if, I mean, it's one thing if you're going out for a day, mm-hmm. you know, you soak it good, you know, yeah. whatever. But if you're leaving for good, right, you make sure that's exactly. Out. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, I think it's uh, Alberta. You know, they had this great campaign. It was uh, soak it, stir it, soak it again. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and which is just very easy to remember. Yep. Um, but it's worth doing. And, you know, and then just to put your hand down, not in the fire. Near the fire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because if you find out that it's not out, yeah. you've got a different issue to deal with, yeah. right? That'd be me. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's it's it's a good practice to get into. Yeah. yeah. So that's what we, we want to encourage people. So when we go out to the shows, you know, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about accident uh, prevention with this particular emergency kit that we're going to talk we're gonna about. We're going to be talking about, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so what we want to do is... is um, we want to help the first responders that are out there working in the field. And then we also want to try to prevent problems from starting in the first place. Yeah. I, I mean, education goes a long way. It really does. But when you, you know, when that fails and there is a big fire and you're looking at these guys that are out there, I mean, they've, there's recently movies about some of these guys. Yeah. Um, hot shot, not hot shots. Uh, I can't remember the name of the movie. Um, but yeah, these guys are firefighters that are out there. They're dying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know? think that was the, the Yarnell Hill fire down yeah. in Arizona. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that movie, and um, I think Josh Brolin was in it. I can't remember the name of the movie yeah. for the life of me right yeah. now. Yeah, I remember the actors and, you know, yep. yeah. Um, and yeah. that that happened uh, less than, I think it was two weeks before we ran into that big fire in the Yukon. Oh, okay. So, mm. you know, you, you hear about a tragedy like that, and then you're paddling down the river, and you see these this huge plume of smoke and then you watch the the fire actually burn over the mountain and down toward the river yeah and you're watching these trees candle up and i mean it's it's really impressive so you were in the thick of it yeah yeah wow. and we were lucky and, and when search and rescue came up you know we i saw them i said okay that's it our trip's done you know they're gonna <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah i don't know how they're gonna get us off the river with you know yeah. but but we're done and they came up and they looked at us and it was one of those things where I could see him coming in and I'm kind of like, you know, you could just kind of line it up and it's like, here's search and rescue. The fire's right behind them. I think we're past the halfway point. Hmm. And they waved us on. Oh. But then they started picking up people. Like there was a couple of uh, groups of canoes behind us. Oh, okay. And they started picking them up. So we were, you know, we were really lucky. And then you think about something like that, right? And you think, man, if I had just kind of dinked around the, the camp that morning a little bit more or something. Yeah, and, you know, exactly. Yeah, so we were we were really fortunate that uh, they they waved us through, mm-hmm. and uh, we were able to go in. But well, you, you think about it. I mean, we all saw the Fort McMurray 
oh. fires. I got a buddy that was up yeah. there, and they're they're, you know, like his house is gone and all yeah. that. And you just seen the video of these people trying to leave Fort McMurray, and there's the flames and. It's Could you imagine, like, being peeling, out on a canoe, peeling yeah. the paint off yeah. your cars? You're trying to escape. Yeah, and, yeah. Wow. That was, you know, that was crazy. That was horrendous up there. And yeah. Um, and you know, the, the funny thing is, is as we've started doing this, um, not funny, haha, but but odd. The odd thing is, you know, the more you start talking to people, it's like, oh yeah, well, this happened over here, and this mm-hmm. happened over here, and I had a friend that was finishing uh, her residency out in uh, Crow's Nest Pass. Right. And this last year, they had a big fire up there and a, a fatal fire as well, you cool. know. So, you know, it's it's something that, unfortunately, I think we're going to have to start getting used to with yeah, you know, and, with I drier mean, climate there is exactly. yeah. it, There is um, a lot that gets started by lightning strikes yeah. and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff as well, which right. actually the ones in Woodland Caribou were lightning, uh, lightning strikes, Yeah, you know. But, I mean, it just could have easily have been somebody leaving a fire mm-hmm. going, that sort of thing. Uh, when we, we drove out west last year, when we were up in Banff and Jasper, you could see the smoke, mm-hmm. you know, and that was from northern BC. Yeah. So how big are those fires right. to be covering, the smoke oh, to be covering yeah. that much ground? Yeah. You know, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I remember uh, driving through and, and it was just taking a, a, like a cross-country road trip, right? Mm-hmm. And driving through the mountains out and I was out in the desert and I was going toward California and I got up kind of high. And all of a sudden, it was like, man, it's kind of getting warm in here in the truck, you know? I'm driving, and that's the red kind of glow. You start on the horizon. It's like, yeah, it's really getting warm in here, you mm-hmm. know? And, and and pretty soon, we're driving right through a fire area. And, you know, it's just like just like that. Yeah. And uh, one of the uh, gentlemen that I spoke with, he owns a campground up in CarMax. And he was saying, you know, he's like, so many of these are lightning fires and, and we expect that right you know up in the yukon that's what we expect but if they don't get them out you know that 48 to 72 hour window he says if they can't get that down and can you know contained then we've got a big fire mm-hmm. so it's uh, and it's one of the things with uh that i've been reading about and i've seen in recent years over the last decade is the engineering of force fire and firefighting is changing and it's, uh, I spent some time in Canmore a few years ago and they are beginning these slash and burn areas where they take the entire side of a mountain and they divide it off into six sections and they'll, they'll burn one section this year, burn another section the next year. And what they're doing is they're trying to get rid of the, all that underbrush and all mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that dead wood that's on the ground. Yeah. And it just, it goes up so, so quick. And, uh, so they talk about, uh, in the last few years, how they're trying to com- combat any widespread forest fires by getting in there the firefighters go in there and they do prescribed burns yeah. of certain sections of mountains in in uh in alberta and stuff like that so it's they have learned and i, I was talking to a guy he said that you over the years they've uh they they spend so much time beating down fires and catching it before it can and so they're they, what they're doing is they're helping build the fuel up in the forest mm-hmm. so what they're with this prescribed burn method that they're doing now out, out west is uh, they're trying to combat the potential of the giant spreads of fire, but you can only do that in small areas, right? You yeah. can't really, you can't really get ahead of it. They're trying, but you know, the, the Fort McMurray fire, the Yukon fire, the Woodland Caribou. Mm-hmm. It's there's there there's areas that people just don't go into, and it's unless there's a, a natural fire, all that undergrowth is just builds up and adds fuel, right? right. Yeah, yeah. 
it's good they're they're being that proactive though mm-hmm. you know because yes. that's what you yeah. want to see right yeah. as mm-hmm. opposed to just trying to throw everything at it after the fact so yeah that's exactly great. yeah, yeah. That's and great. the the education <laughs> that you're trying to spread that's another proactive thing yes. as well getting mm-hmm. that knowledge out there and like i say you got the firefighters you got search and rescue out there and they're all putting their lives on the line when Absolutely. somebody just has a little brain fart and yeah right you know doesn't pay attention to something throws a cigarette butt somewhere into the the pine needles or something mm-hmm. and that stuff goes up i mean we use that to as fire starter right exactly you yeah. know you get a scoop of that and somebody just flips a you know cigarette out and they don't even think and then boom yeah you know years ago i did a whitewater course up at mkc and one of the girls on the uh on the, on the whitewater kayaking course she was a uh, or she is a park ranger in australia so she was over to take the course she was her and her husband had come over doing he was he was guiding and so she came over and took some whitewater courses and she was telling me that in australia as a park ranger they have the authority to ticket somebody for tossing cigarettes because they treat it very serious over Australia mm-hmm. because of the potential for the oh, yeah. for the for the backcountry fires, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, she was surprised that rangers here don't have that authority because you yeah. can't. They they can you know it, uh, police only police can lay stuff like that, right? So I'm not sure if that's changed in the last ten years, but that's well, I don't think rangers carry the same power as they used not to the same back in the no. day, like mm-hmm. you know eighty years ago. Yeah, you know when you go through the history, I mean, of, of Algonquin. Yeah, you know the 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 rangers then would. I mean, they carried weapons, and nowadays they, you know, they're, they're war. They direct just, traffic. Exactly. You know, it's unfortunate. Yeah. But now, in addition to doing educational outreach at classrooms and shows, um, you donate to search and rescue groups, mm-hmm. both U.S. and Canada. Yeah, yeah, and that's one thing that's really important to us. I mean, you know, you don't have you know, fire doesn't respect boundaries. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and the places that we, like my wife and I tend to go, I mean, there it's, we tend to take Northern trips. Yeah. And so, you know, the, I mean, these are some of our favorite places, you know, I mean, the Yukon paddling the Yukon river is, it's, I mean, it's my favorite body of water in the world. You give me a choice, choice to go anywhere, right? Everything right. else being equal. I'm going to the Yukon. Awesome. So what we want to do is, you know, and that's important too, right? So if, if, you know, someone is, you know, for example, in Toronto area and donates to us, we make sure that that money goes back to Canadian first responders. Okay, and same thing cool. with states. So we we want to divide that up. And that's what we did this last year as well. Right. Yeah. Are you getting a lot of donations? Uh, we're getting uh, some good sales initially early okay. on here. And we're we're actually thinking about uh, we're going to shut down the store in uh, this summer while we're doing this big Yukon trip. Right, um, which we'll be talking about a little later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, but yeah, it's going well. Um, and then we started, uh, you know, diversifying the line a little bit and stickers. Everybody wants. Oh, stickers. everybody wants yeah. stickers this year. Yeah, that's uh, over the last year. That's everybody. Hey, I got stickers. Right. I've got I got one of the our travel cases here when we when we go places with all our gear. Yeah. And it's just covered. It's just like the old guitar cases you used to put <laughs> right? all the yeah. the stickers uh, on the guitar cases, stickers. right? Yeah, he's got yeah, our listeners can't hear it, but my laptop, laptop is covered, is covered with stickers. stickers. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, Jerry Van Dever. Yeah. You know, he's got one of our stickers on his guitar, which we were, you know, kind of proud of. I mean, right. For mm-hmm. Jerry to put that yeah. on there. It was like, oh, all right. Oh, that's cool. cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I met him for the first time uh, at the Quiet Water Symposium as well. Yeah. Because I've been dealing with him since we started the show. And we've never actually met face to face. And then he was, because the first person I saw was Kevin Callen. And he mm-hmm. says, have you met Jerry Vandiver yet? 
So that's the only reason I came here not to see you, Kevin, because you're ten minutes you know, down the road. And uh, so he said, "Come on down." And I met I met him. And then I said, "Okay, now have you met um, Cliff Jacobson?" Which, for some reason, for a guy that is so popular, I just always seem to miss him. Oh, really? Yeah. And I, I actually thought he was taller. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then and then across from there was you. Yeah. So yeah. it was all just sort of you guys had that perfect little yeah. you know little that's area a great show. that was a yeah. that was a really fun show yeah, yeah. and I, I know when i was standing there talking to you the people were coming up there buying the shirts they were buying the the little car the right. postcard the things and and, and we that. had so many people say do you have stickers so <laughs> i i you know got in the car i drove back home to wisconsin the next morning i'm like hey is there anybody here that can produce stickers <laughs> so we had those in time for canoe copia and Good. Then we went down there and and uh you know people people uh, got those there Yes, yeah, what yeah. everybody wants, and you got to yeah. give it to them, right? Right. Yeah. Well, and you know, so they're what we want to do with all of this stuff is we want to put out, you know, nice, nice apparel, good gear, those mm-hmm. kinds of things. But again, keeping in mind that this is really about getting the money to the people that exactly. help us, yeah. And, yeah. and about yeah. getting out there. You know, that's this is this was never approached as a money making venture. And, and enough money to cover your costs and right keep it going. Yeah, exactly, and do some good. Perfect. Now, if people want to find out more information, uh, they can go to our website, which is <laughs> theoutdoorkind.com. And you have Facebook? We have Facebook as well. Yep. Instagram? Instagram, we don't yet. Twitter? Twitter, we do, but I'm terrible with Twitter. <laughs> I'm terrible. Like Camper Christina's, like, you know, she's yeah. got like, I, how many followers does she have now? Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. And, and I'm like, Oh, I'm really bad at Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Derek gets to keep track of Twitter on our Yeah, own. and I'm, I yeah. suck at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Christina tried to teach me how to be a better Twitterer, but uh, it didn't take. <laughs> Twitterer or a tweeter? A tweeter. Tweeter. <laughs> Derek the tweeter. Yeah, she's really good with the social media. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, yeah. She's and a really nice person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so theoutdoorkind.com, mm-hmm. uh, check it out and, uh, yeah, helps first responders, helps with education, getting it out there to avoid stuff like wildfires and emergencies in the backcountry. Um, just benefits all of us. So everybody go check out theoutdoorkind.com. Uh, the next thing we're going to talk to you about, John. Yes. Is... <laughs> I bet it's a kit. <laughs> it's a kit. It's the oh shit kit. It is the oh shit kit. Yeah. It's we, we've been we've been figuring out because we pride ourselves not swearing on the show. <laughs> you know, a couple of words have snuck through. But well, the name of the product. The product is actually episodes, named. Yeah. But when the product is actually named the oh shit kit. Yes. Then. We gotta say the oh shit kit. We do as many <laughs> times as possible. And really, <laughs> because we can do it this week, and next week you can't swear again. That's right. exactly. Next week we're just back to normal. <laughs> and you know when you have a really bad emergency, that's the, the oh, oh fudge shit, shit kit. Oh, the oh shit shit. The kit. Oh fudge kit. Yeah, that one too. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's the point. You're hitting the SOS button. Though, yeah. on the <laughs> I throw your hands up and go, yeah, we're all going to die. <laughs> so talk to us about, uh, your pamphlet says that's going to leave a mark. Yes. Yeah, so that's the that's the name of the, we go out to do these presentations or classrooms, you know, things like that. It's the, uh, the O-S-H apostrophe, or, mm-hmm. you know, T, 
but when you do like the eye yeah when you do libraries and such though then the presentation becomes that's going to leave a mark (laughs) (laughs) oh you cleaned it up we cleaned it up yeah Yeah. we cleaned it up um but you know the the bottom line is the same when you when you're having problems out there and uh you need to have something a small you know I've got this thing here that that I've built up over time because, um, you know, try to get out as much as I can. And I'm fairly accident prone, apparently, Uh, (laughs) or 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 not apparently as the case may be. Let's let's be honest here. I I severed an ACL while kayaking. So you. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Not everybody can do that. Was there something in your kit to take care of that? (laughs) That takes exceptional skill. That does. Yeah. (laughs) You know, there wasn't a lot in the kit for that one. I mean, there was. No needle and thread? There was. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's one of those things though, that where, you know, I kind of built this up over time, but, but, you know, we've got this, uh, this brochure, this handout that, that you guys are looking at right now. And, uh, we'll have that up online so people can get that too, if they go to the website. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where this is what I put together, um, over a long period of, of going out and doing things. But if people even put together a small kit, mm-hmm. right, it doesn't have to be this, this elaborate. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can have, you could do a top 10 list of things off here and it would cover probably a good 90% of any issues you have out there. Okay. You know, Excellent. so, so yeah, and that's one thing we want to, we, we kind of talk about too. It's like a kit, even a small kit is better than nothing. Exactly. Right. And, uh, so we always say, you know, I've got a, like a, a, a list of gear that I take out on all the paddling trips. And, uh, you know, that goes from, uh, you know, I guess the first thing, I, I'd say two things, you know, more than anything else in the world. Like if, if somebody's listening to this and they say, ah, I don't have time, uh, take out a good first aid kit mm-hmm. and take out a roll of duct tape. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, say what you will but duct tape will yeah will. everybody jokes about duct tape and this and that yeah but it's serious like duct tape will almost fix anything yeah yeah, yeah. like i've used duct tape as bandages i've Blisters. i've known people who yeah. have patched mm-hmm. a canoe with duct tape mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know it's 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 medical as well as patchwork it does a lot of stuff new seats yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. tent s- peg up holes mm-hmm. yeah you know yeah if you're out there on a trip duct tape mm-hmm. you gotta my dslr it. I patched up a DSLR, my camera, yeah. my big camera with duct tape. <laughs> um, there was a, we were in Killarney in the, when that big derecho came through a number of years ago. Yeah. And there was a family and they were at the portage with their canoe and you, this huge rock came rolling down the hill and it caught the canoe, smashed it open. They wow. took duct tape, basically wrapped it up, took everything that they had, pushed it on the, uh, the other side of the canoe <laughs> and they paddled back in. So we saw them and they're paddling down, you know, down the lake. And it's kind of like, that's kind of an interesting angle for, uh, <laughs> for a family out for a day, yeah. you know, <laughs> but Hey, the duct tape works, right? Yeah. It does. Yeah. It does. In a pinch. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> um, so you have a, a, a key list of things that you should take. Yeah. Yeah. On on the trips. And yeah. number one, I see a PFD. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, Canada, that's a law. Yeah. You have to have it. And, and it's, uh, you know, <laughs> it should be everywhere. Um, but it's, you know, it's just one of those things where it buys you time, right? If mm-hmm. you end up in the water, there's probably a reason you ended up in the water. Yep. <laughs> you know, and so whether, you know, in, in particular, if we're talking about like now where the water's so cold, you know, have that thing on, right? Yeah. And I think probably for the most part with, the listeners of your podcast were sort of preaching to the choir on that one. 
you know. Yeah, for the most, uh, part. For the most part, I I'd say ninety percent of the people that I know mm-hmm. wear their PFDs at all time. Yeah. There's that ten percent that yeah, yeah, I'll just throw it in and. There's a few that are very lackadaisical about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I've always been paranoid about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I I can swim. I prefer not to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't swim. You know. Yeah, and I'm terrible swimmer. So, but, you know, I mean, you could say, and, and people do say, well, it's in the boat. So if I fall over, yeah, yeah. But what if you right. knock your head? Yeah. Right. While exactly. you're falling over. Yeah. Yeah. Or trying to put one of those on in cold, fast moving water. Oh, not yeah. going to happen yeah. at all. You're, no, there's no chance you're mm-hmm. going to do it. So no. my theory is always that that buys you time. If you hadn't, you've had an issue, this will give you a little yeah. bit of time to try to get things straightened out. Because yeah. mm-hmm. the other piece is, you know, when things go bad, they tend to go bad in, you know, like a series. In, yeah. 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 Like right? in steps. Yeah. 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 And so, so if you already have that PFD on, if you're already wearing your life jacket, that gives you an opportunity to maybe grab your canoe or grab your paddle or grab a piece yes. of gear that you don't want to lose. Yeah. Like whatever. Like it gives you time to start thinking about other stuff other than saving your life. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So if you're not so concerned about saving your life, if that PFD is holding you above water, that's, that solves 50% or more of your problems. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You can swim down or float down river and, and get your canoe off to the side and somebody else swims down to get the paddle, whatever. But if you're struggling just to keep your head above water. Yeah. Yeah. Not happening. Yeah. Yeah. You're going under. Uh, P-list whistle, flashlight, and river or dive knife. Yeah. Um, Again, the whistle and the flashlight are mandatory okay in canada you have to okay. have them along with the baler bucket and a throw yep. line yep a right. throw line as well huh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. oh that's good yes. yeah oh that's really i don't when i was showing you the kayaks in the garage i don't know if you saw the orange little uh bucket had a lid on it oh okay no everything's inside that. of that oh nice you take the lid off empty everything out there's your bail bucket okay but it's got and i and i put extra stuff in that as well mm-hmm. so like i'll put a lighter i'll put a flint and steel i'll put band-aids i put uh mcdonald's salt packets mm-hmm. for leeches yeah right well, that's a, yeah that's a really good idea yeah, yeah. using the old kidneys the... in the head there eh it's our old smarticle <laughs> particles um the knife i know i've got one on my my pfd yeah lighter waterproof matches or fire starter yeah again and that's that kind of redundant systems thing mm-hmm. too where where okay so and and to be honest mm-hmm. what i'll do is i'll take out like one of those little bic lighters right yep. a dollar dollar oh, dollar, dollar store. whatever yeah. they are right and um that knock wood has not failed me yet. Now I know in cold weather it's going to, and, and other situations, yeah. but I always have that backup in yeah. case that that does. But well, that's, you're going to get instant fire by flicking the bic, yeah, as opposed to trying to strike flint and steel. Right. So you go with the bic. If it doesn't work, you've got that backup. Yeah. That's always been my method of thinking, anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, yeah, redundant. Yeah. But. When I go out, actually, between, and it's a lot of these things that we're talking about right here, it's all on my PFD or in the spray skirt on the kayak. Yeah. Okay. You know, that this sort of this first set of things is. But when I go out, typically, I will have three different ways to make fire. Oh, yeah. Just because that's one of, you know, right? Hypothermia is Mm -hmm. one of the the biggest killers. So I have three different ways to make fire. Somewhere, hopefully, I'll be okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm looking at your list here. Leatherman or high-quality multi-tool. Uh, at least one liter Nalgene of water mm-hmm. or cliff bar and cliff bars. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to those people that like cliff bars. I just don't. Uh, Garmin inReach satellite communicator. I had the spot, mm-hmm. spot unit. Um, fully charged smartphone, which I carry in a, a Ziploc baggie in my, I've got a Coca-Tat. 
Mm-hmm. So it's got the pockets. Nice. So everything fits nicely in yep. those pockets. Uh, survival blanket, contractor's garbage bag. That I don't carry. The You know, the thought on that was, if again, going back to hypothermia. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, well, if, if I'm in the water, if I get out, you know, if I've got a the survival blanket or you know the contractor's garbage bag is just one of those things you can go pick up at a a big box store right or or any hardware store it's just a bigger bag for Mm -hmm. you know for people that that may not seen those and folding those down and you can just slide it in for example like on my spray skirt there's a little pocket right you know just i can slip it in there if i end up on on the bank of a river and it's going to be a while let's say worst case scenario and and I never, I mean, I you know, I never want to have to hit that SOS on that exactly, image, right? Yeah. yeah, never. But if I have to, and I'm sitting on, you know, if I'm soaked and it's cold, and I'm sitting on the bank of a river, one of those, you know, to be able to cover up and and try to stay warm is, you know, yeah, it's key. It's, yeah, and it, they're small. That's the other thing too, right? Small, lightweight. Mm-hmm. Why not throw one in there? Yeah. Jim Baird uses those as canoe sails. Yes. <laughs> the uh, remember, garbage bag, the contractor garbage bags. Yeah. Yeah. You say, yeah, we just. Put a couple of sticks into that, and there you go. <laughs> All right, if that works, man, that, that's, that's good. Uh, buoyant rope and paracord. I actually have, uh, it's in a bag behind you over there, uh, one of those bracelets, paracord bracelets. When oh, I, yeah. I put that on. Whenever yep. I'm going paddling, I put it on. Yeah. It's a nice big fluorescent yeah. orange, so everybody sees it and makes fun of it. But you yeah. know what? If I need it. Now, my sea line bag that I use, my big pack mm-hmm. for canoe tripping, uh, didn't come with a handle at the bottom. So I got two carabiners mm-hmm. and I made one of those big, it's about 40 feet of paracord. Really? So I grabbed the handle at the top. I grabbed that thing and that's great for putting it in and out of the canoe. Yeah. But if something ever happens, I got 40 feet of paracord and two carabiners right there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Which is, you know, it's, it's handy. It's right. And then when you, if you need an emergency, something, it. it's, well, look what you yeah. got right there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm of the theory that you can never have enough rope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when, when my wife and I started dating, like on our first camping trip, out, yeah. you know, she was like looking at all this. I said, you know, you can never have enough rope. And she didn't. She just kind of went, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And I went, yes. <laughs> I start pulling rope out like I'm a magician. He's <laughs> <laughs> got blue rope. He's got red rope. He's got white rope. Where the hell's he getting all this from? <laughs> so those are your your items that are definitely you should take. Yeah. And I'll throw, depending on where I'm at, the the only thing where I'm sort of like, eh, will be a spare paddle. You know, and that's just dependent on, on where I am. Yeah. we. I've just gotten in the habit of always bringing a spare paddle. Yeah. I always have three paddles yeah. in my canoe. Three? Well, there's usually two people. And then the third paddle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, are, are you that bad? <laughs> Nine out of ten times, Derek loses two paddles. That's why he needs the third. If I paddle solo, I have two paddles. It's an expensive end-of-the-year paddle budget. Went through 17 paddles this year. Just can't hang on to them. Um, Now, you've got a holding it together. Yeah. So what I tried to do is kind of put them in categories. And, you know, the, the holding it together is, that's what it is a lot of time, too. And particularly when you're out somewhere relatively local right a three uh, you know anywhere from like a two to a four day trip or something that you're not real far away from home right um mostly what you're trying to do is just get back off the water then right and so that that's kind of thing here so you know again we talk about duct tape um and then depending on where you're at kind of levels of duct tape right um so i'll go out with that gorilla white tape okay um which is great 
um, works really, really well. Um, but I had people show up at some of the, you know, the presentations we were talking about it. And I had one uh, former soldier from Iraq. And he's like, oh, yeah, I used the mil spec stuff. He said, we put tanks back together with that. <laughs> I'm like, ooh. Well, if I have so, out there, and there's a yeah, tank yeah, nearby. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, it, and that's actually, that's one of the really fun things about doing these presentations, too, is you go out and you hear what other people are doing. Yes. And you're like, oh, I can change this. And, and, I mean, literally every single time I've gone out to present with this, there's been these really cool ideas. And so we keep tweaking the list and changing. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah that's good. I think I'll drop that in there. <laughs> yeah. <You> know. <laughs> well, that's one of the things with the duct tape. I, I stopped taking duct tape for a while because I'm thinking, i got this big, massive roll of duct tape. And then one guy I went with, he just says, wrap it around an algae bottle. That's what yes. I do, yeah. And yep. I'm like, oh, yep. <laughs> hello. <laughs> and then, yeah, so now I just, a yeah. couple of... I mean, you wrap enough around, yeah. but a couple up your Nalgene bottle, you got a few rolls of it sort of thing. And so you're not taking this massive roll, but you right. got enough yeah, exactly, enough yeah. there if you need some. Yeah. Right? And, Which, oh. and it insulates. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so keeps that beer a little bit colder. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> uh, what else is on there? Uh, let's see. We've got uh, a little bit of super glue, mm -hmm. um, a little bit of wire. Um I take a tube of, of uh, Lexel sealant, and it's like a, a silic, uh, silicone seal. Okay. And But it works really well in water. Okay. And for a long time, one of the major kayak manufacturing uh, companies was saying, this is what you want to use with bulkheads. And now they've shifted to their own, and I don't know if it's because their own works better or it's a marketing thing. Got it. But, right. But the Lexel is great. And, you know, I mean, and let's face it, when you take something out like that and you're out, backcountry tripping you're probably going to be using that on your boots you're going to be using it out, right it's yeah. not just mm -hmm. for the boat yeah um so we'll take that out um take out zip ties and and i've got on the list one bag of night eyes gear ties and these are these little the the rubber um they're hard to describe what they are exactly but they're like these rubber ties they've got a wire in the middle of it so you can bend them to fold into any shape Oh, okay. okay. I know. Yeah. And um, so you like can wrap around something like a twist right. tie or something. Yeah. But it's yeah. rubberized and rubberized. Yeah. yeah. And oh, so okay. what we'll, we'll do is we'll take out, we'll get some of the long ones there and you can cut them down if you need something. Yeah. And I had a, ru a rudder fall off on the Yukon River and it was hanging by the wires and it was just kind of flopping behind the, you know, the kayak like a fish. Yeah. And ended up, we, we cut out some bolts from the seat and we needed spacers. I was like, well, what? we don't have any spacers out here. And that's when I learned, by the way, to take extra nuts and bolts. <laughs> um, so we're looking at this and, and thought, well, wait a minute. Let's take one of these night eyes gear ties. And we wrapped this thing around and we kind of made an S turn with it and uh, pulled it out, dropped it in there. And it worked perfect. And we got the rudder back on. Awesome. And <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's it's one of those things that you can just a million uses, right? Night eyes. N-I-T-E-I-Z-E gear ties yeah they know, make night eyes they make lights and all kinds of stuff for hmm. bike lights and whatnot yeah i have to take a peek at those uh metal binder clamps clothes pins safety pins yep. uh i know i always take clothes pins because it's nice to hang stuff yeah you know yep nylon camp straps and bungee cords yep. uh the bungee cords was a big one because uh we would 
when we were with um, Algonquin backcountry recreationalists, yep. one of the things we were talking was bungee cords. Instead of putting nails into trees, mm-hmm. you wrap the bungee cord around, loop it into itself, and then hang everything off the hook. Yeah. The, the, the second hook, right? Yeah. And it saves nails. Yeah, and, and you're protecting the tree. You're not. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You're not like one of those. But you can use them to hold stuff the together. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And tie down boat straps. Yeah. 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 Yep. <laughs> a buddy of mine had that uh, headed in his kit, and I thought, oh, that's overkill. You don't need those, you know, boat straps out here. Why Why do you have those? And then uh, on one trip that we were coming back on, the uh, the outfitter didn't have those. And he had just kind of threw our, when we didn't know this because we're up front and, you know, in the van, right? Mm-hmm. You can't see it. And, and uh, my kayak uh, flipped off the side of the trailer and it was bouncing down the road. Oh, oh lovely. <laughs> the hatch covers and the combing and, oh, no. you know, yeah. And so uh, when we got to a stop point where they were going to gas up, where they're going to fuel up, it was like, ooh, that's not good. And <laughs> he pulled out those boat straps and it's like, I'm a believer. <laughs> so Yeah. You never, you never think you'll need them until you need them, right? right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, another point you got here is communications. Mm-hmm. Uh, ballpoint pen, a grease pencil. Yeah. Right on just about anything, you know? And, yeah. mm-hmm. and so what I did with that is, is a, a small pencil or, or one or two Sharpies there. And I take all of that and I drop it into a Ziploc plastic bag with a little, like a half pack of post-it notes. And you think, well, if you get separated from somebody, you can write out where you're going to be. Mm-hmm. You can put that in the Ziploc bag and you take some duct tape. You can wrap that around a post or a tree or whatever else right. it is. It can rain all at once and it's still yeah. there if you're, huh. you know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I always take a pen and um, uh, paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a, like a notepad or something yeah. like that so you can rip out that sort of deal. Uh, staying alive. <laughs> it was just you know on my list of things to do on a trip it's usually near the top Include stay yeah, alive. Yeah. you know staying alive uh catadine micro pure water purification tablets yeah yep just something that we're looking at something fast right or you can use you know like iodine but just something where if, if you need to get it done fast mm-hmm. rather than trying to filter something if you, if you have another problem going on right and that's a lot of this too you could you can the list that i have you could cut down to you know but what i like to do is think okay think about speed out there and and you're probably if, when things get bad you know, it maybe it's too cold or maybe you you know it's it's where you need to warm up quick or you need to exactly do, yeah and so, so to have something like that, it's like okay. Well, we got to remember these that. are an emergency kit. Right. Yes. Right. And, and with is, repackaging, this all doesn't take much room. It, that's no, the other right? thing. Yeah. It's you're not going to use original packaging. You're going to pack stuff that together that like for like, so it con- it's compact, no air spaces. And right. Yep. And on a on a one of, the, one of these bigger trips like Yukon or whatever. That's where you're out. You're on your own. You don't have, it's not like you're in a local park and, you know, it's like a one hour paddle and you're at your car. Right. This is, you're out there. Yeah. You are, have to be self-serving. Yeah. Right. Well, that's when I tell people about fly-in trips I've been on. You know, they, they, they say, you know, you fly in, you land in a lake, they point to a lake on the map and say, see you there in two weeks. Yeah. You know, two weeks, three weeks, whatever. Mm -hmm. Be there. Yeah. And you've got to be there in three weeks. Anything that happens between then, between now and three weeks. You're on right. your own. SOL yeah. otherwise, yeah. right? So, yeah. yep. you know, sometimes, you know, what? and if, if you're in a group, 
and you've got all these things on these lists split split between split it up. four yeah. people or whatever Everybody gets yeah. a little bit oh it's nothing right yeah. yeah because it's you know realistically <clears throat> with with a lot of what we're talking about here you know save like the water and you know something mm-hmm. like that right and that's in your boat anyway yeah oh yeah um but you know you're talking when i put this together it was somewhere around six pounds mm-hmm. that's not bad Mm-hmm. No, yeah. and you, you, and you it's, distribute and it's a, that and between a, a few people, right? Yeah, it's not like you're backpacking or or whatever. It's right. the the boat's holding it. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? it's light, and you can you can you know put it in a dry bag, and you're done. Yeah, and you're good to go. Exactly. Uh, the mosquito headnet and or repellent. Yeah, you know, I put that on there, and and some people question that. You know, I it's would. like why? Yeah, why? Why do you need that? Why do you have that? And the reason I put that on there is, you know, there. There haven't been a lot of times where I've been out someplace where they just drive you mad, right? But if you have an emergency and it just so happens to be one of those times and places. Yeah. So somebody's down with a broken leg. They're laying on the side of a, a river or a lake and I'm going to run down in the lake. And, yeah. So you yes. wait here. I'm going to go. And so you leave a guy exposed. Yeah. Right. Put on that bug net. <laughs> yeah. And that's, yeah. and that's kind of, you know, that it's just that. And that, you know, that's, that's the other thing, too, is is if it's really bad. Exactly, yeah. And, and that's going to distract you, mm-hmm. right, yeah. on top of, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. You're already compromised. Your mental capacity could be right. reduced because of whatever yeah. emergency reasons or whatever. It's like, you know, it's any anything to provide comfort. Right. And yeah. uh, or just the basic head net mm-hmm. doesn't take much room. Yeah. They're exactly. tiny. Yeah. They're so tiny. Yeah. Fold that down and, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, you, you get the ones that are, you just crumple it right mm-hmm. up into a little, mm-hmm. uh, basically that's all it is, is netting that fits over top of your hat, which yeah. keeps it off your face. Yeah. Right. Uh, what are we missing? Headlamp, fresh batteries, always got that. Mm-hmm. Waterproof matches. We've sort of talked about the, right. the fire starter, the uh, Bic lighter, that sort of thing. Um, and the glow, the, the, glow the, the glow stick. I put those in there, and that's the other thing because you make all these jokes about having a rave out in the woods and stuff. Yeah. And glow stick, right? And uh, that's why I've got it. What do you guys carry them yeah, for? Right. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, you know, with those, it's just kind of nice if you're mark. The other thing is if you're marking, so, yep. like a marking a campsite. Yeah. So up in uh, Lake Superior Provincial Park, up near Wawa. Uh, uh, wife and I were out camping and uh, backcountry uh, kayak camping, and I thought, you know, on a really dark night, I thought it'd be really cool just to paddle out there. And I'm going to paddle out around the islands and just, yeah. you know, be out in the dark and listen to, you know. And so I had a, a flashlight and I had a, you know, like a, a tube at the end of it so it would light up. So I just went down to on the beach where I was going to, you know, push off from and hung it in the tree and started out. And I, I paddled out, and right about the time I'm going to go around the island, I look back. And I see the light and I'm like, okay, good. And the light went out. Oh. And I'm like, and you're, you know, you're out in the middle of nowhere, yeah. right? And it's dark and you're like, okay, that's the fact that it went out right now is really <laughs> odd. <laughs> and my wife's back there in a tent, you know, by herself. And, and then you're going like, what are the odds a serial killer right now? <laughs> or maybe she's trying to lose you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, geez, you know, I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> now you know. That's probably yeah. what that was. Well, um, we used to take the lightweight tripods because we used to go backcountry with our camera gear and yeah. stuff like that. And we'd hang a glow stick mm-hmm. from the tripod. 
And yeah, that way you know, Makes okay, sense. that's yeah. where you're heading back to if yeah. we went out. If we were, you know, we knew we were going out fishing for the evening and might get back after dark and, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, you'd know exactly where. At least with a glow stick, you've got 12 hours of light. You don't have to worry about some inconsistency with the battery that dies. Right? Yeah. Yep. And yeah. Yeah. Definitely something to take. Mm-hmm. Odds and ends. A uh, bag of miscellaneous size Ziploc and garbage bags. Yep. Uh, two replacement clips for dry bags and camp straps. Yeah, it's just little things that can break when you're out yeah. there, and and particularly looking at longer trips there. Yeah, uh, I know uh, we stepped on one of my the uh, the waist uh, belt for mm-hmm. one of my backpacks. Okay, stepped on the clip and it broke. Yeah, and you're like, oh man, <laughs> and there was nothing to fix it, you know. So yeah, yeah, fluorescent trail marking tape. Which is really nice if you need to mark something that you want to come back to or, you know, in a worst case scenario kind of situation where you tie that off on a tree if you have to call in a first responder for somebody. Or let's say it's, you know, the other thing too, a lot of the stuff doesn't actually happen on the river, right? Yeah. It happens when you're in the campsite or somebody walks up to use the facilities, mm-hmm. you know, and, and slips or falls down when they're when they're climbing to go someplace. And so you can mark that and then you can mark it. So if you do have to come have somebody come in. You can go First right responders back. can get there. They can see that and they can go right in, you know. So yep. that's a. A carabiners of various sizes. I know I carry them on flashlights and an Algene bottle. And like I said, I've got the two on my big, my big pack with the, with the paracord rope. Yep. Right. Yep. Sorted kayak hardware, nuts, bolts. Why would you need that? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Rudders use those things, right? <laughs> Bear spray, it works for numerous animals. Yeah. See, that's one thing I've never taken. People take I've, bear bangers never, and bear spray, yeah. and and I've never taken it. Yeah. I I have, um, it, it's one of those things where, you know, you think about it initially, and you're kind of like, the odds of a bear coming in and something happening are you know, fairly slim. I mean, and I'm out in the bear area a lot, I take right? a fat friend with me. <laughs> <laughs> I only got to outrun him. That's right. <laughs> That's why you sent me that email. Hey, buddy, pal, friend. <laughs> now I get it. I thought you were just being friendly. Um, but it, it it does work for other animals, you know, and I think that's something, too, that it's it's cheap insurance, right? I mean, yeah. that's the way I look at a lot of this stuff is it's just cheap insurance. You know what? It, I'm looking at some of this stuff, and it's 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 better to have it you can't, you can't use it if you don't have it mm-hmm. exactly you know yeah. it may you may never use it yeah but if something happens right you're going to be sitting there oh. <laughs> and i think with with guys it sort of goes along the lines of don't throw anything out of the garage because that one day you need it <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, this yeah. is sort of the same sort of thing. right and <laughs> we're moving right now so yeah. you know but, and so you know my wife is looking at all of these things going why do you need this? And I'm like, well, just in case. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I'm pilfering the, you know, the, I'm pilfering my kit. Oh, I need a, a carabiner for this or I need duct tape, you know, and, but then you have to remember to put it back in before you go out next time. <laughs> right. Um, There's the... Yeah. That's the, that's the issue. Uh, to be added if camping, one tent repair kit, mm-hmm. including tent pole repair section. Yep, yeah, because a lot of them are uh, with the the string through the middle to join all the pole sections, right? Mm-hmm. And they all come part fold down into a small little. Yeah, and so then if one if, of those breaks. If that breaks, then you've got you've got that handy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and again, that goes back with the, if the tent pole does break, duct tape 
Yep. Been there, oh, yeah. done that. Yeah, you, you put that piece over, duct tape it around there, and you're yep. good to go. Yep. You know? Duct tape also covers um, leak battery acid holes in your tent, too. <laughs> really? It does. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Something I hadn't considered. <laughs> Me neither. Until <laughs> <laughs> I found out my motorcycle battery had leaked acid on it. Uh, Kenyon K-Tape Repair Tape for Ripstop. Yeah. So what I did, uh, I put a couple of things like that, for example. And again, we're talking redundant systems here, right? Now, that's something that, that you can put in there. Um, what I look at with something like that is if I want to save weight or maybe I just don't want to pick it up or I don't want to spend this money, you know, I'm going to focus on these items here. You know, you give me some duct tape that um, that Lexel sealant. Mm-hmm. And I can make sure that my tent is not gonna—it's <laughs> not yeah. gonna rip anymore, right? Yeah. Um, but it, that's just something that you know that's kind of nice to have. Yeah. And the sleep pad valve and repair kit. Yep. Now, see, I never—I didn't really know about thermarests till about ten years ago. Mm-hmm. I've always slept right on the floor of my tent. Oh, yeah? Wow. Right on the ground. You are rocks hardcore. and <laughs> roots and. And I went one year and I twisted my back on a trip. Um, this is actually just after I went down the stairs over one of our cats. Oh, and geez. I tweaked my back and it was like, oh. And a buddy said, you got to get a thermarest. I'm like, a thermo what? Mm-hmm. And he showed me thermarest. And I'm like, oh, oh that's fancy. <laughs> when did they invent this? <laughs> So, I mean, I'm good either way. I, I've gone, I, I only own, well, now I own two, uh, mm-hmm. but I only owned one. And if I took the kids, then they got the thermarest and I still lay on the ground. Oh. You know, I've, I mean, I grew up doing that. So, but yeah, the thermarest just has that little bit more. So if you're, if you're not used to sleeping on the ground, mm-hmm. a sleep pad valve and repair kit, yeah, I think you're going to probably want to. You want one of those not, you know if you're out for a while it's not a bad mm-hmm. thing see i've got the thing right now and and i know we'll we'll talk about the big summer trip but we're going to be out for a long time yeah and i've got uh, a 30 year old thermarest still i love it i have two of them <laughs> and i'm like okay i'd love to take this out there with me it works fine it's great but it's 30 years old. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you, you think, do I, is it time to, you know, I mean, I've gotten my money's worth out clearly in 30 oh, yeah. years of, yeah. you know, but uh, yeah, so that's, I'm, I'm thinking about, uh, thinking about what do I need to do here with. Uh, <laughs> well, we're looking at a new tent this year because the tent I have. Has the battery two acid person, holes in it? Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that one went to the great campground in the sky. Um <laughs> Right after we got back from that trip, and uh, the one I the one I have is probably about twenty, at least twenty to twenty five years old. The tent, and I mean it just you can only put so much water sealant on that thing, and it's <laughs> only a heavy. half a half fly, you know. So the past couple of years, it's starting to leak in through the bottom, and you know mm-hmm. I don't mind for myself. What's a little bit of water? But you stay awake at night because you're thinking other people that are with you, they're going to, oh, I don't want them getting wet. I don't want their gear getting wet. You think more right. about them than yourself yeah. sort of thing. So, yeah, it's time for a new one. But, yeah, you say you got something that's 30 years old. You're just like, on a trip like that, <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe it's time to invest in something new. Um, yeah, it, you know, you look at that and, and uh, uh, the, the people that run the Quiet Water Symposium, there's yep. a, a couple there, uh, Gary and Linda DeCock. Yep. And they're 
awesome people, and they yeah, decided I met, to uh, Gary this oh, year. Did you? For, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they they do these big charity things for water for people, and right. so they were going to do. Uh, they've done the Mississippi and raised a bunch of money. They were this last year. They did the Five Rivers trip, and so they started like in the upper or up in uh, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, came down on the Wisconsin through the state, got to the Mississippi, got to St. Louis, went back up the Illinois. Wow. You know, all of these. I mean, amazing trips. And he had a portage cart that he loved. And it was an old portage cart. And the Wisconsin has so many power uh, power plants or, or paper mills on it. And uh, it gave out, you know. <laughs> and it's like, and I'm, I'm keeping that in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, do I? <laughs> well, we saw, was it Frank Wolf? Was that him? He blue was doing the, yeah, blue a tire in the middle of from no, Vancouver, yeah. And they were stuffing like t-shirts and <laughs> stuffing the tire, yeah, yeah. you know, just to at least get to where the, the next body of water, right? Yeah. It was yeah. like, eh. I mean, that was doable, but what if like the frame snapped in half? Or, yeah. Or... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we ended up MacGyver it, but. <laughs> right. Yeah. But when you're, and you know, some of these portages like on the Wisconsin, I mean, there's one in the Wisconsin Rapids area, which is not far from where I live. You know, you're walking sidewalks down. You're walking downtown on cement <laughs> yeah. know, with your boat, and and you're doing it for like, I think the one is almost like three or four miles or something. Oh, yeah. It's it's long, yeah, like overly long. And so you know, we're going around to different stores. Like, do you have any portage wheels in here? What do we, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so the that that decision of is it worth keeping or not? Mm -hmm. Or take a couple extra. Sleep pad valves and mm -hmm. yeah. repair kits. Right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you come home with a complete new, new pad. Uh, campfire safety gear, a Gerber E-Tool folding shovel. Mm. Oh, yes. Mm. Also, yeah, for digging your old latrine holes. Right. And, and right? yeah, and I love that. I, you know, uh, uh, my friend that, that I was up where the the um rudder had fallen off and and on that same trip was was with the um when i was mentioning my friend that had the nylon you know the boat straps yep he was he he had that as well and uh he's a former army guy and everything and and i was like that seems like overkill after that trip i take one with me every time now <laughs> every go. single yep. time yeah <laughs> 20 liter sea to summit kitchen sink holds five gallons yep yeah yeah you know what we have for the longest time, everybody, you know, just go down, get a pot, mm -hmm. wash your dishes in a pot, that sort of thing. Yeah. And then we started getting these folding camp sinks. Mm -hmm. It's like, <laughs> yeah, why am I going to be washing it in a pot when I can just fill this with water, take it back and right. do and that then, sort of stuff? The great thing about that then is so you, you know, you can use it for that, but to fill that up and then put it next to your campfire. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if it gets away or you have any issues, it's you right got there. five gallons five of water gallons. sitting right there. <laughs> right. Yep. Unless you've been drinking too much and somebody trips over it. <laughs> <laughs> Spills battery <John>. acid. And <laughs> uh, generic five-gallon plastic bucket. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's the same thing like what you were talking about with where you have everything in there, mm -hmm. right? So I, I like to, you know, just suggest to people, it's like, if you think about that, you can throw your gear in it, seal it if you want. You don't even have to do that, but drop it in the boat and yeah. then... You know, get your place, pull the stuff out, and again, you've got five gallons of water if you need it. We were at the dollar store, and I never even thought I'd find this at the dollar store. And it was, yeah, it wasn't a dollar. I don't know they call it the dollar store. Yeah, there, nothing's a dollar. <laughs> yeah, it was like four ninety nine. Yeah. Wait a minute, shouldn't this be the five dollar store? <laughs> and basically, it's two plastic rings, 
with a metal handle and you pull it up and it's a bucket. Huh. It collapses. And it's like probably it, four or five liters easy well, of water. So you, you could scoop it. Yeah. Dump it, dump it over your fire, that sort of thing. And it just collapses down into like, uh, you know, the size of a dinner plate mm-hmm. sort of thing. And you just tuck that in your gear. Yeah. And it's a bucket. It's mm-hmm. a big, big bucket. Cost me like five bucks mm-hmm. at the dollar store. <laughs> it's a great tool, but you felt cheated somehow. I felt cheated, yeah. <laughs> felt like you should have paid more than five bucks for it. Or get five of them. Or get five <laughs> of them. I, I don't know who was ripping off who. So I bought a chocolate bar and left. <laughs> Actually, I think that was one of the... Tr- I have this habit of going to the dollar store with my daughter and mm-hmm. forgetting my wallet. Not on purpose. Like, I don't go, we're going to the dollar store. I'll leave my my wallet upstairs. But do you notice how he came back with that really fast? Like, yeah. not on purpose? Not on purpose. Oh, no. <laughs> Just to clarify. Don't get me wrong here. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I'll, I'll go there and I'm just like, oh, my God, I forgot my wallet. And she looks at me like, <laughs> you can't be serious. <laughs> I said, I don't... If I go to the dollar store with anybody else, yeah, there's my wallet, there's my card, whatever, you know. Oh, look at this. I got 40 bucks in there. I can go buy more buckets. But whenever it's with her, for some reason. So now we're going to the dollar store. Do you have your wallet? Oh, yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) This time. You're not going to fool me again, Dad. But it's funny. You know what? Some of the stuff that you you find that you you might need in an emergency, Hmm? go to the dollar store. Yeah. Mind you, I also did find that, like, seven-gallon... Flask, flask. <laughs> you know the little Mickey flask you put oh, in your, yeah. your Mickey pocket. You find yeah. a super big one. It was like Seven massive. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I think I, I posted a picture of it. I mean, yeah, you'd yeah you, you could go for a four week trip yeah. and not finish with the alcohol you had in that bag. Mix up a big package yeah. of moose milk. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's your oh shit kit, yeah. your emergency kit. Yep. Um, now you do have a little spot that first aid additions. Yeah. Um, things that you want to add for first aid. Let's go through those ones there if you want to. Okay. Um, you know, and what this is, I guess if, if I can back, just back up just a hair yep. there with. Yep, yep. Um, when, you, when you get a, a first aid kit, um, I've got sitting here in front of me one of the adventure medical kits, um, the Explorer kit. And these are, these are really nice. They're, they're, they use good materials. And they have these um, designed so if you have an emergency, you can get to the item that you need quickly, okay. like the way they're categorized mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're really, it's kind of a nice kit to have. When people get a lot of kits, what they do is, uh, the way they market these is they'll say, well, you know, it's uh, this kit for uh, 500 pieces is $20, but you can get, you know, 1,000 pieces for 25 well, what they end up giving you is like, you know, 500 of these little Band-Aids that are, <laughs> yeah. right? That you're yeah. never going to, you know, yeah. and and you've just made some, you know, marketing student very happy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but with, with a kit like this, like, you know, a good kit, um, there's there's just a little things that like I'll tweak with it. And you think, well, you think okay, well, how many people are you going with? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and they have these kind of designed out, like, so this one says four people for seven days. So that's, a, you know, a nice kit. Right. Um, but you can also say, well, uh, where am I going? What time of year am I going? Do I, you know, what other kinds of things might I need to put in there? And so I always think about like customizing these. Yes. And the other thing I think about is that you never are like getting one of these for yourself, right? So if, if the three of us go out paddling, you know, not odds are not everyone is going to have 
a first aid first kit aid with kit. them. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So you're carrying for other people. So I'm carrying for other people. Yeah. Or you might find somebody along the way. Exactly. That's in ha- distress. You know, yeah. yeah. This in distress. And you're going to feel great, right? Yeah. That's, you know, if you can help somebody out when you're out there. Mm-hmm. And so I always like to, to kind of mention that you never pack this for yourself. So, so anyways, to the, to the additions in here, I had things like uh, sunscreen and lip balm, uh, aloe vera gel or a burn gel. Oh, big time. Um, for sun, bad sunburns? Bad sunburns, oh. yep. Um, or if, you know, you reached on to test your fire. And, you <laughs> actually- <laughs> and it hurts your sunburn. <laughs> <laughs> um, the new skin, the liquid bandage, um, which is great. And then a polysporin ointment as well. And with both of those, you just want to make sure that you wash a wound out. You clean that out because otherwise if you put, you know, the the new skin liquid bandage, which is awesome. I love that stuff. You know, when you put that over there, it just, it basically traps everything inside. Traps everything inside. So you want to make sure that's cleaned out. Um, And then think about other stuff. So like a a corticosteroid cream um, and Benadryl. So those those are kinds of things for allergies. Allergies, mm-hmm. poison ivy, yep. bee sting, if you don't really Benadryl's realize Benadryl's you're... okay for your dogs too, apparently. Is it? Yep. You we give our dog Benadryl. He's yeah. got food and skin allergies. Mm-hmm. And when we're out, grasses and stuff like that. And the vet, yeah. yeah, just give him a couple of Benadryl. Mm. Or you can go with this prescription and... Mm-hmm. Pay eighty bucks for this, but no, give them give them Benadryl, right? Yeah, <laughs> well, okie dokie. Yeah, yeah, we just pop them. Uh, I think it's, I think it was a half a pill or something like that. Dep- it depends on the dog's yeah. weight too, right? I mean, hunters like ninety pounds. Yeah, you know, um, but yeah, Benadryl is good for your dogs. Just to check with your vet first, right? I'm not a licensed vet. <laughs> um, and you know, the other thing too is is um, that can actually make you very very sleepy. So. Something just to keep in mind if you're out on the water on long yeah. days, you're not popping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Taking uh, allergy medication and uh, and falling asleep in the canoe. Right, right. Um, Pepto-Bismol, Imodium, and Tums, those kinds of things uh, for any stomach issues that may come up. Mm-hmm. Um, ibuprofen or acetaminophen. And again, like all of these, if they're safe for you or if you know that, again, you're, you're not packing them for, you know, just yeah. yourself. Yeah. Um, saline solution. Now, this is something I think is really kind of a handy thing to take out. Not specifically eye drops, unless you know someone needs eye drops, right? But the saline solution that people use with contact lenses. Because if you get something in your eye, you've got that, it's... it's flush it's, out, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, see, I wear contacts, easy. so I got that little thing as well that I always keep in my pocket. Because mm-hmm. I've gotten dirt in my eye while I've been out paddling or a piece of like bark or something. You just... Yeah. yeah, a couple of squeezes, it flushes it out. Right. Yeah. And if you're real bind, you know, and you you can use that in a wound, but keep in mind it's saline, and you're gonna know, you know, you're <laughs> you're gonna know you're putting it in there. No more um, tears, my butt. <laughs> <laughs> um, a a tick key tick remover. Yeah. And those things are fantastic. They, you know, I thought, oh, does this work? We ended up buying a bunch of them. Um, like for the dogs and everything. So yeah. down oh, Wisconsin, huge. it's a huge. It's you know, gotten huge in Southern Ontario. Is it? Yeah. yeah it's, it's gotten it's a really problem. huge. Yeah. 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 Um, and then other things like I'll throw in like a good kit will, will have some moleskin in it. I throw in some extra, uh, a Sam splint in case you, it's, it's this kind of, it's a very flexible, uh, material and then you can kind of fold it around. Like if somebody hurts themselves, yep. create a splint really easily. One of the things that, that's really great here is I, I have on the list is physical therapist tape or veterina- veterinary horse wrap. Oh, okay. Sticks to itself. Yeah, sticks to itself. Yeah. And you know the difference between the two? 
a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our friend, who's a he's an EMT guy, and and he's our kind of fire advisor for the outdoor kind. He's like, yeah, there's there's no difference here at all. Go for the veterinary horse wrap. Hmm. Oh, that's cheaper. Like, cheaper. See, I figured it'd be the other way around. Because no, no, if you've ever owned a horse, I have huh. a friend that owns a horse, and some days she bleeds money. They huh? <laughs> 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 so get sick. Um. I throw in a better quality tweezers and nail clippers, um, several tampons or maxi pads. Uh, you know, again, I'm not packing it for just myself. Glucose or a bag of Skittles. Mm -hmm. And that's for, you know, if somebody's diabetic or, or somebody in your group might be, right? And you also might run into somebody that's having an issue. So um, the glucose, you can get really cheap, you know, like buy it online. They're little tubes. And it, that's good, too, because if somebody's having a problem, you have to call out, you know, emergency services or something they know the exact amount that you gave that person the other problem with skittles is that you know after you've had a few beers around the campfire hey, you're snack. like there's no more skittles <laughs> i've got skittles in my first aid I've, kit <laughs> yeah yeah so you might be replacing that a lot um and then just the last thing on there that i have is is um your personal prescription medications. Yeah, Don't so forget those. backup doses or something. Mm -hmm. So yep. in your night kit, if you lose that, then you get your backup dose in your first aid yeah. kit. Yeah. I know I'm prone to sinus um, infections and headaches. Mm -hmm. Tylenol sinus comes with me on every, even if I'm going out for a day mm -hmm. and you feel it starting to come, a lot of dust in that. If you go through big dusty areas, starting to get up your sinuses, mm -hmm. I know I'm due for a massive headache. So I'll throw a couple of those back early just to sort of cut it off. Right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, you got to bring your personal stuff. And yeah, and it's easy sometimes to forget that, right? Like you yeah. put the, all this stuff together, and you're like, "Yeah, I got my kid. I'm ready to go." And 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 one thing too with that, if I can add to that, is take the medical kit, put it in a waterproof bag, mm -hmm. absolutely put it and mark it. Yeah. So you know you got first aid kit and big letters on it, and so if somebody's looking for it, like my bag here, my dry bag, you know, first aid kit and big big letters and. Uh, because, yeah, it's, it's no good to take this and then have it, you know, if you go for an unintentional swim, yeah. everything you have is now yeah. wet. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I have my kit and it's usually right at the top of my, my big bag. Mm -hmm. And I just roll that so that I, you know, yellow bag, pop it open right at the top underneath my stinky shoes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's right there. Yeah. But you know what? Like I've been on a trip before and somebody sliced their, their thumb wide open. Mm-hmm. And I think we had, we ended up with like about four or five first aid kits. Wow. I was the only one that had band-aids for thumb, like the. Oh, those four-winged yeah. thumb yeah, bandages. Yeah, the mm -hmm. thumb bandages. Yeah. And it was just like, everybody's like, what, what are those? Well, they're for your thumbs. <laughs> everybody's looking through all their gear and. My wife's a nurse as well, so oh, we okay. sort of just say, so you, you know, like, hey, you, you might want this, you might want that, you might want this, you might want to get that. And you go to the flea market here. There's a flea market around the corner from us. They have first and aid they kit have suppliers, like yeah. First aid kit supply or medical yeah. kit suppliers. I think Oshawa Town Center might have one. Mm -hmm. I saw one in one of the malls. Yeah. Scarborough Town, I think. But you can go there, and it's all medical stuff. Mm -hmm. in the, Like one of those little kiosks wow. in the middle of the mall. And, oh, I'll get gauze, and I'll get, like, yeah. forceps. Forceps, by the way, you know those locking ones? Mm -hmm. the, you get the long handle, silver metal handled ones. Those are fantastic for removing hooks from pike mouths. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's way yeah, in there. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I've seen people Five put those on the vest. Now I, got him, I, got him, I, yeah. I got them right in my life jacket. Okay. My, yeah, got them. <laughs> yeah. Just a little side I'm note. I'm going to stick my fingers in there. 
Hey, I'm going to do uh, some stitches on you, but i got to wipe these off first. <laughs> a bit slimy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, you know what? Like You look at the, the stuff that, like you say, they come with 1,000 pieces, but mm-hmm. are you going to need 500 tiny little bandits? Yeah. Like, no. you're yeah. not going to need those. No. So you no. go, for, go grab, grab your kit yeah. and add to it. Mm-hmm. And, and think of the, the different situations you might be in. And what you'll require, um, the tensor bandages, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, okay, well, you got a sprained arm or whatever, but the tensor bandages could also be used with, with a splint, mm-hmm. yeah. right? That sort of thing. Right. So you, you start thinking different ways you can use stuff and what you can actually bring and you, you modify your kit exactly. to what like, you're going to need. Like oftentimes I, I've, I've modified my kit and like one of the big things that changes I've made is those stupid plastic bandages. Mm-hmm. I got rid of them and got decent waterproof fabric bandages yep. i get i have like three or four different kinds of bandages but the cheap ones like you've Out like the door they yeah go. as soon as you put yeah. it on and wash your hands first time it's like just fell off yeah it's like so they're useless right so you buy a decent set of bandages to replace into the kit mm-hmm. yeah yep. so you've got a couple things here uh no matter what outdoor activity you enjoy always carry a good first aid kit keep it in a waterproof container think redundant systems so duplications yep. like, doesn't hurt. Yep. You are never packing these kits for yourself, which, like I say, we got four or five kits popping out. That's pretty then, amazing. I mean, that's you know that that's yeah. really cool to hear. Yeah. Well, we also ended up with about six stoves, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> uh, no, you know what? When you're going out for three weeks and you know that you have no way to get yeah. help if need be, then yeah, everybody packs their own little kit. You know, as well, because, you know, some guys are going out this way for the night or something, or for the mm-hmm. day or whatever. Then, you know what, you take your own little kit with you sort of thing, and there's still one at camp, and there's some with that guy over there, so redundant. <laughs> and system. there's a lot of burns with six yeah. stoves, too, right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> couple of knives come out, and, you know. Uh, three most dangerous words in the English language. Yeah. I'm just gonna. Yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go do, you know, like I'm just gonna run over here or maybe I'm gonna yeah. paddle, I'm just gonna paddle around this island and, you know, and what you're doing when you're saying I'm just gonna. You're not mentally, so you may not bring your first aid kit, you may not bring your spare paddle, right. you, whatever, you, you know, it's, I, I can see that, I yeah. can see that you, you've already mentally prepared yourself that nothing is gonna go wrong. Absolutely, right? And you and you're just kind of downplaying the serious. Of it. Yeah. Oh, I'm just gonna do this, right? And and I I'll still catch myself saying that. And the biggest the biggest time that this you know like was an issue for me, um, I was doing. I thought, oh, you know what? I'm looking at the. It's fall in Wisconsin, and we get those storms that come whipping across, right? And they come right over to you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, trying to help. <laughs> um, and I'm looking at the the map, and I'm like. Oh, I think I've got a little bit of break here. And this was like in September. And I'm like, I think I can, I'm just going to slip down <laughs> to the Wisconsin. I'm going to do a quick solo trip on the, the lower Wisconsin Riverway. And it's this beautiful 92 mile long like route and there's sandbar camping and it's, it's fantastic, right? And I'm just going to do this. And 47 miles into that is when I severed my ACL. Oh. I got hung up on a sandbar, got out, and was going to you know move to deeper water. And uh, I, I planted my foot. I was going to slide my foot in the cockpit. I've got, you know, the, my uh, paddle kind of down, giving me a brace. And I got just a little twisted in the current. And I lost my balance. And my knee, instead of bending backwards, bent to the left. 
and there was oh. a very loud pop. <laughs> wow. And that was it. I mean, like it completely severed the, the surgeon said, oh yeah, it looks like you had two uh, tug of war team, you know, they're pulling at it and it just exploded. Right. And, um, and that was at the 47 mile mark wow. of a trip. I thought in my own backyard, I'm just going to go do this. Right. The Yukon trip that year was 477 miles. So 10 times the length had no problems. But I think it was partially a mental thing too, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a serious trip. I'm going to be really careful up there when most exactly. of the times we get hurt. Normally yeah. on this trip where you did, you severed your ACL, you probably would on a longer trip, you would have just let yourself fall or you would have gone with it, whatever. Yes. Instead you were like, I'm safe here. Yeah. So you, you challenged that, that tendon. You, you didn't really consider going with it and mm -hmm. said you tried to stop yourself from falling yeah. maybe and boom. Right. Your mental, you mentally prepare yourself differently for a long trip in wherein you're in the Bearlands or out in the middle of nowhere. It's like, like you're on, I know on trips like that, if I'm on a portage, I am looking at every single rock as yes. I'm walking over that mm -hmm. portage. But you cross your yard with a canoe. It's like, oh, I'll go over a molehill. Oh, I wasn't even see that. Right. Right. You, yeah. because you're, you don't really think of the consequences in your own yard. There's yeah. Derek laying in his backyard <laughs> under his canoe, one leg sticking out. Looking for the injuries in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> I've fallen and I can't get up. <laughs> Pressing his little button. <laughs> but yeah, you can see how you, you mentally get yourself into a, a situation that you're just not going to be prepared for. Yeah. Just because you think, yeah, I'm in the backyard. It's safe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just going to do this. and I'm just going to go do this. Yep. Been there. Done just going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the last one, last but not least, always be concerned about fire safety. Yeah. Always. And you know what? Like, I can swim. I don't like to. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the things that have kept me from getting into kayaking earlier is because, you know, everybody talks, oh, you got to roll, you got to roll, you got to yep. roll, you got, <sighs> I don't want to go in the water. That's why I do ki uh, canoeing, mm -hmm. you know, keep the open side up, stay inside, <laughs> stay dry. Fires are another thing. I like to sit around a fire. I like to cook over a fire. I don't want to be in a fire. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's a paranoia, a paranoia thing. Um, it, it, and there's so many things like that, tying a canoe and a kayak down. I mean, you saw how he tied that kayak down on the truck coming back from uh, yeah, Waterloo. Everybody's looking like, free. you know what? A nuclear bomb's going to go off, and the only thing that's going to be stuck to those roof racks is that that's not going anywhere, <laughs> right? Yeah. But I've seen right in front come flying off and hit cars, and mm -hmm. that's not. I don't want that to be. I don't want to be that guy, right? Yeah. You know, so I get really paranoid about stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So you've always got to be concerned about fire safety. Yeah. Always, you know, and and. So much that you're teaching your kids from a young age. If you're out camping and, and you're out canoeing with them or kayaking with them and you're camp, you know, doing trips, that's got to be one of the big things you're teaching them. Mm -hmm. Is listen, this is the proper way to start a fire. This is the ring that you keep that fire in. Yeah. You, if you're going to wave a stick that's on fire, you wave it over that pit. You don't walk over there by the tent and start waving that little fire stick around. You don't walk over there. You don't, It stays here. When we put this out, this is how we put it out. Yeah. And you let them do it and teach them. It's so important. Because yeah. if the, the, the one time you forget is the one time you're three lakes down thinking, oh, look at that smoke over there. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, it yeah. happens. Yeah. You know? And that, you know, and we're just talking about, you know, 
we're talking about the cost of a forest and i don't mm-hmm. mean it like the economic cost of a forest i mean that we're talking yeah. time like loss of a forest and you know um but what happens if somebody gets seriously hurt trapped or, or killed or yeah. you know what if it burns down someone's home yeah what would you feel like it's so easy just to double check that did i you know you're getting that in one the boat. bucket of water yeah yeah yeah. Could have saved so much. Two minutes in a bucket of water. Yeah. 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 So you start thinking about stuff like that. One thing I would add is uh, uh, I've, I've come up on campsites where this has happened. And I've, I've, I can understand why people kind of get in that in their head. But if, you, if there's a defined location for a fire pit, you don't decide that you want a better view and you start moving the rocks to a new location. No. <laughs> so oh, I I've want seen my that fire too. pit over. I, I've seen it yeah. a few times where people, wow. you see that defined fire pit on one side of the campsite and somebody's moved the fire pit and moved all the rocks across the campsite. And so what you're doing is you're moving into a virgin ground with unburned roots, mm-hmm. unburned moss, and the potential of spread of fire is incredible there. And, and people, I don't, well, obviously people are thinking that far forward when they're moving a fire pit to what they perceive as a better location. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't move a fire pit. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. Um, so your oh shit kit. Yes. People can find this handout we've got. Yes. You can find that on the outdoorkind.com. You will be able to because I'm going to run out of here and put it online <laughs> very, very quickly. <laughs> Is there another place you can find it? That would be the place to find it. That will be the place to find it. So we'll have that up so people can go on there. And, you know, and this is one of the things where we hope people will download it and, you know, share it with friends, print copies out when you go to, you know, if you're a kayak or canoe club, just take it, drop it on the table. Throw it out, yeah. Let people read it sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nothing's saying that you have to take every single piece of gear, but you know what? It's like, oh, you know what? I didn't think of that before well, and it's so easy for example like so i put that in that uh you know in my dry bag right yeah. but so take an old nalgene right and you can take well how many of the items off here and you could actually tuck down Stuff into, into, into an algae right or if you're backpacking even you know even a small kit like with those you know those prescription medication yep. things right you can put some stuff in there but it's important just to take something out with you in case the worst happens well and those little uh, pill bottles, we, we peel the medication or the prescription mm-hmm. information off. Yeah. Sinker, a couple of bait hooks, and some uh, fish line. Right. Right. And that fits exactly. all in one of those tiny little little things. Because, hey, and that fits right in the pocket, right, yeah. of your of your uh, PFD. Yeah. So so check it out. It's going to be up there soon. When real this, soon. When this is really, up really there. Really soon. <laughs> <laughs> The go, that's going to leave a mark or the oh shit kit uh, pamphlet. You can find that on theoutdoorkind.com. Yeah. Uh, so let's take a quick break here and we'll come back and we want to talk about a nice big trip you're going to be going on. Cool. Hi, this is Dark Sprest. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, 
the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. Um, while we are recording this evening's show, John has been have nice enough. We brought <laughs> treats with him. He paid a, vi a visit to Central Waters Brewing Company in his home state of Wisconsin. Uh, what did he bring with us? Mud Puppy Porter. That was yummy. Uh, what else? Rye Barrel Chocolate Porter. That mm -hmm. was pretty good. Uh, we had some comments about it, which aren't arable. <laughs> but it was... It but was, it was a good beer. It was a good beer. It was Very the... My favorite. My favorite. The Rum Barrel Coconut Porter Brewers Reserve. That Very good stuff. really good. So mix beer and rum together with a little bit of coconut and kind of molasses-y. Yeah, you know, the coconut kind of threw me off when I when I read the label, but you know what? It's It was fantastic. It was good. It, it was, was really good. good. This bottle's kind of small. 12 and, fluid ounces? And with his skills at pairing, he's paired some appropriate <laughs> cheeses. Oh, yes. Yes. Yes, he's a culinary genius. <laughs> we got the uh, Nasonville Dairy Cheese Curds, which... Which, this is important. This is important part. You can eat them cool or room temperature and you get the squeaky cheese, right? Yeah. Put them in the microwave. I've actually put these in the microwave for about 25 seconds. Okay. Because the first 15 seconds didn't quite do it. Okay. So I put it in for another 10 seconds. They get extra squeaky and they're really good. It really makes the flavor pop. So it softens the cheese. It improves the texture. The, the salt and the cheese flavor comes out more. The squeakiness goes up about a hundredfold. It's, I've never would have ever thought, okay, I, I've had squeaky cheese and poutine. I love squeaky mm -hmm. cheese and poutine. It's mm -hmm. like the best cheese to have in poutine. But I've never like, nuked or microwaved uh, cheese curds. No. We always just eat them out of the bag. I didn't know it yeah. was a thing. Yeah. And Who so, knows? I'm missing yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to go the next awesome. time to the cheese factory there in Campbellford and say, yeah, I'll take these and heat them up for me, please. <laughs> It's yeah. What a difference! Like it's. Uh, I tell you, if you go out, get yourself some squeaky cheese curds and microwave them for about 15, 20 seconds. It makes them amazing. It yeah. is the one uh, other one I liked here that he brought the other cheese from Harmony Specialty Dairy Foods. It is their Golden Age cheeses, Care Philly cheese, pure white Welsh minor cheese. Mm -hmm. You know, well, my grandmother being Welsh and all, I yes. guess that kind of hit there the spot. Go. It was actually, that's quite a nice mild cheese. Uh, and the third cheese he brought was a Bella Vitano Sartori Espresso cheese from the Sartori, Sartori, yeah, uh, cheese company. Good stuff, man. Oh, Thanks, yeah. John. Jeez. Glad you like it. Yeah, Glad see. You, you know, it's it kind of one of those things when you come from Wisconsin, right? Yeah. There's cheese not and a beer. lot of things that you can, yeah, it's cheese and beer, right? <laughs> cheese and beer in the Packers, and that's, you know. <laughs> that's all right. So, well, these I, are some amazing, it's like, it was, they were good pairings with the with the, the different beers and the different cheeses. It was. It was Listen like, to you sounding all sophisticated. What? No. It was beer. <laughs> <laughs> all sophisticated like, it. Eh? All right. I, I. I correct you just for a little bit there it was damn good beer. damn what, good beer know. yes my my mistake <laughs> <laughs> see and the, you know the other thing here too and is, oh wait is, wait and for those that because it's radio you can't really yeah. see it 
but we're drinking from glasses because we're classy that way. <laughs> when I got married uh, to my wife, Jan, uh, who is also the the one of the other uh, the co-founder of of the outdoor kind, right? Um, uh, we got married in a uh, a restaurant above the brew pub where Central Waters was at the time. So at our wedding, we had Central Waters beers. Okay. We were married by a man in a pirate outfit. <laughs> and That's awesome, awesome right there. And we had a 1960s vintage Elvis impersonator who sang Rockahula Baby and It's Now or Never. Funny you should mention. <laughs> My wife, who is a huge Elvis fan, and as I've mentioned, mm -hmm. if you dig under our basement floor, you may find him. <laughs> we had Elvis at our wedding as well. Did you really? We did. Awesome. We had. We, he came in. I blindfolded my wife, put her in the chair in the middle of the floor, mm -hmm. and he walked in all dressed up in all his jumpsuit. Sequins. And and the sequins, the whole meal deal. Everybody went nuts. She had no idea why. Oh, that's great. He stood right in, like, three feet in front of her i took the blindfold off she looked at me called me a nasty name and it's been true love ever since <laughs> yeah see elvis yeah. gets around you know he does <laughs> for a dead guy he's, yeah, he he's been really busy he's been yeah he's he's in high demand can't afford to die people you know my beats want me so so as you're mentioning uh wisconsin yeah that's where your your home base is now. Yep. Yeah, in uh, Marshfield, in the center of the state. You're just like almost right dead center. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Uh, there's a town that has been named the official uh, center of the state of Wisconsin. Its name is Pittsville, Wisconsin. And uh, it this was, was a just, couple of T's, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and it's where the governor used to go fish. An old governor apparently used to go fish or something. So it was named that. It's it's not really there. But, uh, you know, it's important, I guess, yeah, to certain guess so. people. But, you know, that's down near the, the Yellow River and a place I go down and paddle. It's the closest place for me to paddle. Right. And, uh, yeah, so. Yeah. Now, when you were younger, you were telling us your dad used to come up to Canada all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, when I was a little kid, he would go up and he would go on these uh, mostly fishing trips. You know, yeah. Some hunting trips, but mostly fishing. You know, and he'd come back and, and then he, my dad's a great storyteller, you know, and so he'd tell you all these stories. And so when I'm a little kid, you know, it's, it's a place that there's, you know, there's more moose than people. There's, you know, it's full of bears. It's, you know, you can't throw a, a hook in a lake without pulling back a fish kind of thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, and you know, to a five-year-old, six-year-old kid, it's, it's like, amazing stuff, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a mythology, yes. you know? And, and so it's no surprise that, you know, years later, when I go out on trips and everything, it tends to be up here. It tends to be in the north. Right. You so know? You, f you fall in love with the north country. Yeah. 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 And, and it's it, not and hard it to is, do. It is. It, yeah. And, and, you know, it's one of those things where then the more you're up here, then, oh, well, hey, you got to go over here and try the. Okay. Well, you go there, oh, you, you yeah, know, and, exactly. and the people are so nice and they're like, well, yeah, if you like this, then. And you start just building up this network and, and, uh, yeah. You know, we've we've discussed on a previous show the difference between the United States and Canada. The United States, when we think of it, it's all horse wagons, chuck wagons <laughs> going across yep. the plains. And, yeah, and, you know, what you have in your mind. Canada, yeah. you've got canoes and big fur trade going across. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking canoeing, you're thinking Canada. Right. You're thinking 
you know, big big name like uh, rivers and river systems and that. Like uh, the Yukon, for instance. Yeah. How's that for a segue? Wow, that was good. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> we work hard at this. Segways right? are better if yeah. you don't reveal them yeah. like that. <laughs> Just let it happen. So the Yukon journey. Yes, the you've Yukon. got a big journey coming up. We do on the Yukon River. Yeah, we're going to go out this summer. We're going to do it from a, a near source to sea. Right. And so from Bennett, British Columbia, which is basically when, you know, what's really cool about this is the gold rush stampeders come in, right? And they hike up, you know, you got those iconic pictures of them going up over the Chilkoot, you know, pass. Yeah. yeah. But what most people don't realize is that's, you know, that's a short part of the journey. That's like 100 miles or something, that part of the trail, right? Then they do like almost 500 miles on the water. Mm-hmm. And so it's really cool if you really want to get an experience of what the gold rush was. I've done the trail when I was much younger and much better shape. Uh, <laughs> and I mean much better shape. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you really want to experience what that is, it's the river. Right. And, uh, you know, so so this summer what we're going to do is we're going to start at Bennett, which is where they came down out of the mountains. And we're going to follow it all the way out to uh, the Bering Sea. That's a, a big trip. So that'll start in BC. That goes into the Yukon and mm-hmm. out through Alaska. Yeah. Well, basically straight. Well, not really straight across Alaska. If you look at the map, it sort of humps up, then dips down, and then scoots back up to the Bering. Yeah. That's the geographic term too. It's yeah. Scoots. Scoots. Yeah. Scoots. <laughs> scoots and learn that in school. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, yeah, I mean, that it, looks like a, a pretty decent trip there. It, it, you know, and it runs up over the Arctic Circle, mm-hmm. and then it you know drops back down. So yeah, it's. It's a lot of different terrain. It's, you know, the weather up there is, it's not a technical river. You know, right. that's the one thing about yeah. it. It's not a technical river. But it's about, it is, um, you know, the, it's the, about the length. It's about the environment. It's about the wildlife. It's, you know, the the history. All of those things kind yeah. of come into play. And there's no bugs, right? No, Yeah, no bugs. <laughs> no bugs. Bug-free zone. Bug. This complete, year only. Complete bug-free zone. Yeah. Well, you know, but I mean, it's it's like 3,200 kilometers. You know, it's like almost 2,000 miles. What do you estimate the length of the trip in days? Uh, we're looking at about um, 70 days. Only 70, eh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, and what we've got is we have um, the thing that makes this even a little bit more challenging maybe than just doing it on its own is we have people that are going to come in. So we've got three core through paddlers, uh, myself, uh, Emma Burgesson from Minnesota and, uh, Ni Takuya from Japan. Right. And then, uh, we've got these other people that are going to be coming in too. So we're going to schedule these kind of stops and starts as we go along. And they'll resupply you and, uh, we're, and join you. We're, yeah, yeah. We're, we're trying to get the, the resupply is, is, we're still working out, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're. I mean, it's it's really exciting. We're thrilled about it. Um, we've got, you know, um, some. We're going to put together a documentary on it, oh, and this nice. this is uh, also um, like the outdoor kind. It, it's kind of grew out of that desire to help first responders. Okay, the whole thing's a charity uh, paddle. Amazing. So, so what we wow. do is so people if when they go to well. We've talked about the website and everything, right, for, yep. for the outdoor kind. But if they go to yukonjourney.org, um, they will find information about this trip specifically. And there will be a link to a, um, to a, like a, a funding page. 
and where people can give money to that. All of the money from that goes to first responders. Nothing comes to the group. Okay. Nothing comes to the expedition. We're, we're funding that all ourselves. We right. have some help from some great sponsors. Um, but it all goes to first responders, you know, and that's really, you know, we'll talk more about that down the road, but, yeah. Yeah. but that's what, you know, that's what we really want to do with this. It's a, it's a big trip, but we, you know, that's when are you leaving? Well, uh, <laughs> we're going to get on the water on June 5th. Okay. And that's have, really soon. That's really soon. Yeah. <laughs> it's like month and, and a week. Yeah. <laughs> and, weeks, yeah. and the problem is though is to get up there right yeah. so we leave i leave on uh may 15th drive over to minnesota i uh, pick up emma and we do a 5000 mile road trip or <laughs> what 8000 some kilometers all the way up then get to anchorage yeah. right get all the the food and everything so we can cash it out yeah and send some of it out and etc then we turn around and we drive back down oh, to wow. Whitehorse, figure out somehow how we get from Whitehorse out to Bennett because you can't drive there. I mean, you know, there's all oh, these little pieces. Bennett's where, uh, an abandoned town, isn't yes, it? Yes. Yep. Yeah, it's an abandoned gold rush town. And we'll get out there and um, then we start paddling. So we'll have this basically like this, um, like this 8,000 kilometer road trip before we even start the paddle amazing so yeah it's yeah and then at the end of the trip um when we fly back from out at the bearing into anchorage uh jan my wife is going to grab the car that we'll be leaving in whitehorse drive down to anchorage wow and we're gonna supposedly meet up there my so when, brain hurts. We, you know, and when when last week when you were talking about all those things with the, the trips, you know, and, and putting this together and thinking about where the car, how do we do this? The, the logistics. Yeah. All, of, yeah, all of that. I was sitting there listening to that and going, I'm yeah. in the middle of that right yep. now. <laughs> there's going to be some grumpiness. Yeah, yeah there will be. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be days, I'm sure. But wow. um, that poor car is getting some miles packed into it, right? A, you know, it's a little Toyota Corolla. It's made several cross-country trips. It's made two trips up to the Yukon and back already. It's, yeah. Hopefully yeah. it doesn't flip you the bird halfway up. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, our schedule is because we have people flying in. So we've got a guy flying in from Wales to join us. Wow. Um, if we screw up and we have a car issue yep. and that puts us back a week, yeah, the logist, right? yeah. Exactly. All of a sudden, tell him to get insurance on his ticket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he'll be happy. Well, it just gives him a week extra to paddle around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't see the problem. <laughs> I don't, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we won't connect. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes, six paddlers, and your paddlers are from four different countries. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got. Uh, We've got uh, Susan, who's uh, Susan Walton. She's a, a nurse in Whitehorse who uh, lives right on Marsh Lake. Um, and so she's our, our Canadian member. Uh, we've got uh, Tak uh, from Japan. Um, we have um, Dan coming in from Wales. And then um, uh, Emma and I and Chelsea are from the U.S. So That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's... You know, and I, I, they're they're cool people. Like you know, you look at what a team is and the different strengths of people. And um, I think the common denominator with all of it is what and, and what's 
you know, putting together this stuff is, is trying to get the, the, all of the pieces assembled is, yeah. is a lot. So it, you're, you're kind of going crazy sometimes going like, well, how, how do I, what did I do with the boat when, oh man, <laughs> how do I get this person to, you know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But they're all excited about the trip and they're cool people and they're funny. And you know, it's like the people that if you're going to be out in the wilderness with those, they're are the ones that, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So, wow. Yeah. Yep. That sounds like you guys are going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. And you can find out more information on this on yukonjourney.org. Um, I think we're going to be talking a little bit more on a future episode before you guys head out. Yeah. We'll be chatting and uh, talk a bit more about it and hopefully all you got all your ducks in a row. And, yeah. Yeah. That'd and, be good. And it's all to go. And and do I have to bring more beer then for that show? Um, well, it helps. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying you do, just saying it helps. <laughs> Derek gets picky. <laughs> But well, we'll give you a list on you know things yeah. you might want to bring next. There time. you go. Well, you know. it, it is a it is a nice difference with the craft brews that normally we're drinking the, uh, the my man local stuff my local man yeah. from Bowenville and and uh, so actually I'm going to be sending John home with a bunch of uh, local man antler beers. Yeah, which is great. I can't wait. Hopefully, to try he doesn't get stopped at the border. <laughs> Just tell me you're at a funeral. They, they wave you right through. Trust me. I know this. <laughs> so. Um, John, thanks for coming uh, on our show today. Thank you. Uh, John Van Berger, The Outdoor Kind. You can find more about The Outdoor Kind at theoutdoorkind.com. And you can find out more about The Yukon Journey, which we'll be taking on in June, at yukonjourney.org. And if you want to find out more about us... You know, the piddly little show we are. Because you know, <laughs> it was all about John tonight. Um, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find us on iTunes and Player FM on Google Play. And you can find our previous shows on our episode page on paddlingadventuresradio.com. And oh, as yeah. a closing note. And a yeah. closing note well, as well. What we just kind of like to do, we we really appreciate your having us over and everything. And so if anybody that goes to the Outdoor Kind would like any of the apparel or any of the other things that we have there, um, if they put in uh, for Paddling Adventures Radio, P-A-R-10, they'll get 10% off anything that they get there too. And that'll help a little bit like with the postage and right. yeah. such. Beauty. Awesome. But, um, but yeah, and we really appreciate your having us over. It's great Excellent. to have you here. Thanks for uh, coming on and thanks for joining us. Thanks for Thank yeah. You. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for bringing snacks and, and <laughs> snacks and yeah, fantastic beers. Yeah, we're gonna we might have you on again. <laughs> I <can> tell you, <laughs> once a month. Thank you very much, John. Again, John Van Berger from the Outdoor Kind and YukonJourney.org. Uh, uh, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. I'm Sean Rowley and I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time.